Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. NBA Finals underway, and Denver already has a 1-0 lead. Nikola Jokic, uh, quite a playoff Dominant run to the NBA Finals, and the Denver Nuggets took Game 1. Game 2 coming up Sunday night. Does Miami have an answer? We'll get into that and more with Chris Hine. Covering the Timberwolves for the Star Tribune. Joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Chris, good to visit with you. I hope you're doing well. Doing all right, Steve. How are you? Yeah, good to visit with you. Boy, the sense is... Uh, Denver, after just steamrolling uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and the L.A. Lakers, uh, poised to win a title there first against the Miami Heat. The Heat have been a great story. I just don't know if they have an answer against Jokic and the Nuggets. Well, they would have to shoot a lot better than they did the other night. I, I, I wonder if the Celtics were sitting at home watching that game, wondering where the hell were these guys uh, when we played them because Miami couldn't hit a three. Um, all the guys who were hitting shots left and right in that Celtics series went ice yeah. cold. Um, and Denver is just, you gotta be, you gotta play almost a, a great to perfect game to beat Denver because they are such a well-oiled machine that even when they have a bad night, it's not really a bad night in some ways. Like it's, it's a lot of other teams, good nights because Jokic just does so much on the offensive end of the floor. Jamal Murray can hit shots. Um, you know, difficult shots as, as you saw throughout this whole playoff and especially in that Wolves series. And, you know, Miami, I think they could, I think they can bounce back and give them a series. I, I would not count Miami out at any point as we've seen in this, in this playoffs, but they're going to need that supporting cast to keep kind of maybe punching above their weight a little bit as they, as they have most of the postseason. Without that, they don't stand a chance. I, I, we, we knew about Jokic, but. <laughs> This, this this guy has you know beyond being just a big body, uh, he he can really do it all. It's extraordinary. He, I, I think one of the things that I appreciated watching the Wolves series in person was his passing ability is as good as advertised. Like he will see people open, and you like when you're sitting with a bird's eye view of the floor, you know, you don't necessarily see that a player is open and he does, or he anticipates a player to come open. I think that's probably the most remarkable facet of his game that I've had in the, in the opportunities to watch him in person. Um, the, the ability to just kind of see the floor like that, kind of be thinking a step ahead or a move ahead 
um, and his teammates are kind of all on the same page with him, and and they're they're very synced up, and the chemistry is is great, and I think that's that's the one thing you really appreciate about Denver when you when you get to see them in person. With with all due respect to Joel Embiid, the MVP, and Jokic plays on a much better team, the Denver Nuggets, than Embiid did with the 76ers, and there was James Harden, and it didn't work out again. But, boy, based on what I'm seeing, <laughs> I, I, I'm wondering if people could revote and say, yeah, Jokic is the MVP. That's, that's kind of what happens when it's just a regular season award. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be crying with his two MVPs and, and a potential title and final, right. likely Finals <laughs> MVP if they get if they get that far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, you know, I think people. I think one of the funny things about this postseason is you see a lot of people on social media or even even people that follow the NBA have been like, "Oh, I didn't realize Jokic was this good." Like he's that good, and it's it's kind of a, a thing where if he was not playing in Denver and was playing, you know, say in Los Angeles or New York or, or, or a bigger market, you know, people would probably be more attuned to what he's what he does. Um, but now that he's got this deep playoff run and is on the national stage, is putting up just eye popping numbers every night, people are finally realizing just just how good this guy really is. And on the flip side, the Miami Heat uh, go up 3-0 on the Celtics, ultimately prevail in a Game 7, quite a series. And uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, w- w- what a player, w- what a character. I mean, he, he, it's it's hard not to like this guy, and he was with the Timberwolves for a little bit, but, man, he, 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 is, he has got grit. I think one of the things that you see with him, whether it was last year when they when they lost to Boston and this year throughout the playoffs, throughout a tough regular season that they had, was he never wavered in the confidence yeah. of his of his team, of his teammates, and their ability to figure things out and get things done. Every interview you ever see him do, every comment or, or clip that you saw, he was always professing the belief that we can win a title. These guys can do it. I like this team. You know, that's that's different from his time in other spots. So I think it makes it a little more authentic when you hear him say that because that was not the case in Minnesota. That was not the case in, in Philly when he was there for a brief time. So I, I think that's one of the things that you see is that he does have a genuine belief in, in what the team that he currently has around him can do. And – They've shown it. You know, they, they they were the eighth seed. You know, could have been the seventh seed if they had won the the playing game. So they're not a traditional eight seed in the in the sense of an of an eight seed. But you know, I think when you have that experience, the the coaching, of course, with Spolstra, um, you know, a, a long tenured coach who's had many successes in the playoffs, and guys who are willing to buy into that system and, and Jimmy's leadership and, and Spolstra's coaching, and, and that's what you get. We're kind of in this era of the NBA now where, you know, the, the era of the super team is kind of dying out, I think. And, you know, teams like Denver and Miami, the teams that can produce good, solid cultures and, and teams around them, I think, I think that, that kind of team is – more likely to win a title than it was, say, 10 years ago when the super team landscape and LeBron was at his peak uh, was really humming at that time. 
Chris Hine joining us covers the Timberwolves for the Star Tribune online at startribune.com. And and really, you, you get three superstars together that gobble up so much of the cap. You know, how do you build a roster around it? I think Kevin Durant is a great example of how he's bounced around in his career, ends up in Phoenix. That didn't work out. You had James Harden bouncing around, ending up in Philly. That didn't work out. He may end up back in Houston. So, you know, there, there are a lot of examples. What's happened in L.A. since LeBron made the move out there hasn't particularly worked out where these players try to find a spot and bring in friends or, or guys that feel like would would be ingredients. I, I just think in a hard cap league, it's too hard to make that work. It, it is. The NBA hasn't been a hard cap league traditionally, but that's actually probably going to, for all intents and purposes, change coming up here. You've got this, the new collective bargaining agreement has these punitive damages for reaching the quote-unquote second apron over the luxury tax. So without getting into the minutia of it, basically it's it's for teams that spend a lot of money, there's going to be a lot of penalties, including yeah, yeah. you know the inability to trade draft picks, the inability to use mid-level exceptions, inability to sign uh, mid-season free agents, things like that. Um, uh, so, you know, the era of having three, like, you know, kind of max contract guys uh, and being able to really field a, a competitive roster around that is really coming to a, a screeching halt uh, in the next couple of years here. And that's going to mean a lot for the Timberwolves, too, because they're going to have guys who are going to be playing on very large contracts uh, very soon, uh, as soon as uh, two years from now, uh, after next season. They're going to have a lot of money on the books, most likely. So the Timberwolves are not excluded from that conversation when it comes to some of these decisions they're going to have to make to to get under this so-called second apron and all the penalties that come with it. Yeah, and, and thanks for clarifying because, you know, you look at the NHL hard cap league, NFL, you know, hard cap league, Major League Baseball, no cap, but they they have luxury tax penalties etc and the 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 NBA but but in reality a, a hard cap league really forces the talent to be spread out around the league which is good for the league and competitive balance i think ultimately it is i, I it's going to be an interesting thing to see play out we don't yeah. know kind of what the intended consequences are i've seen some things that you know this this new landscape of the of the salary cap is going to create just basically like guys that make max money and you could have maybe two of those on a team and then the rest of your team is going to be filled out with guys only making a couple million dollars so like the ability to have guys that make you know over 10 million dollars around 20 million dollars a year that kind of middle class quote unquote of the nba uh for lack of a better term is probably going to get squished out so i think you're going to see salaries either just skyrocket to maximum deals or they're going to start shrinking for guys that have to run out the roster because these teams are just not going to want to go into those penalties but yet they still have to have you still have to have a couple of stars on your team if you want to compete a couple of things i want to get into would, would you mind holding through a break we want to talk about john moran sure. want to talk about the coaching carousel but we'll do that after a brief break chris hine joining us from the star tribune uh covers the timberwolves uh john moran uh 
doesn't look good based on what Adam Silver said at the beginning of the finals in Denver when he met the media. And there's some coaching moves. Uh, Monty Williams getting paid by Detroit. We'll get into all of that here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. We continue with Chris Hines, Star Tribune, covers the Timberwolves. We're talking NBA. Finals game two tomorrow night. Miami at Denver Nuggets up one game to none. Adam Silver had a press conference before the start of the finals. John Morant came up, uh, the embattled Memphis Grizzlies star. And it sounds like Silver and the NBA are ready to drop the hammer on Morant. It certainly sounds like it. Uh, I thought that was a... I don't want to say unusual quote that Adam Silver had the other day, but I I, don't, I can't recall seeing anything like it um, really in any in any league almost where he's he's decided on the punishment and he's going to wait until the finals are over to to announce it as to not distract from it. Um, it seems like from from all everything I've read and, and all indications, it's going to be a, a fairly significant. Uh, punishment and you know maybe like half the season is is in play who knows right um so it, it sounds like it's gonna be very significant he's had the players association uh reportedly kind of on board in this process um so whatever comes down is going to be probably agreed upon between both the players association and the league office so as to not make a you know a, a controversy about a potential appeal so I would expect something very, very significant uh, just based on the tone and, and tenor of, of what Adam Silver said the other day. Yeah, and based on what we've seen, Moran, it's not just one incident. Uh, there there are other incidents I- I- involving guns and public and the NBA, uh, the owners, their business partners. They don't want that. And... I, I've, I've kind of gone out there as well. I, so, some think it could be longer. Some say they, they, he could be out for an entire season, be suspended. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be more in a half a season. But that is still significant for one of the young superstars in this league. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, you know, I think one of the things that you know, was significant to see in Adam Silver's comments was that they uncovered more information. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I think everybody's wondering what is that information that they uncovered that potentially could lead to a harsher suspension. I'm sure, you know, whatever suspension is handed down is likely going to come with some sort of steps for reinstatement. Like you'll have to probably, you know, some sort of counseling or, or, or what have you that, that he'll have to complete in, before the NBA will officially reinstate him or something along those lines, I'm, I'm guessing is going to be attached to that because the first time around, I think the NBA was trying to give John Morant the benefit of the doubt. Um, they gave him basically what amounted to a sentence already served when he was away from the team for a while. And then he came back. Um, but when, when you do that, when you kind of put your credibility on the line and then you make the league look, look silly as a result of trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. They really have no choice but to come down really hard on you the next time around. And it sends a message to the rest of the league and in, in, in a situation like this. So he's going to be the example for the rest of the league. Um, and it's going to be significant just how much. I guess we have to wait at least a few weeks to find out what that's going to be. 
We've only got about a minute, not enough to be fair to all of the coaching changes, but a big one. Uh, the Suns let go of Monty Williams. He ends up in Detroit and got a big payday. Big payday. Um, you know, I, I wonder how, what that's going to mean for the future of coaching in the NBA. Yeah. But I think you're seeing. I think you're seeing this off season. The, the coaching profession in the NBA is becoming more volatile than ever, and so maybe as a result, salaries are going up and, and trying to get some of these big names. Um, so I, I think you're you're seeing a bit of a transition in the coaching world. Some of these coaches. You know, a title doesn't necessarily buy you the job security it used to. Deep playoff runs yeah. doesn't buy you the job security it used to. So I think it's it's a new world in the world of NBA coaching, and we'll we'll see kind of the ramifications of that contract specifically uh, later this offseason and in future years as well. well. He's got his work cut out for him in Detroit, that's for sure. Well, Chris, good to visit with you. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Steve. Anytime. Chris Hine from the Star Tribune, online, startribune.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.